what is up everybody welcome to episode 21 of tighten up the dog pound i'm big mike and i am sitting here just looking at a tall sexy son of a bitch that just happens to be my co-host and i just have to ask how are you doing buddy after the last few weeks so we're really going to talk about it we're you know we're going to open up some wounds you know it, it we we haven't recorded since uh like between week 18 and the wild card matchup and i thought if i just lied to you and said that i was working this whole time that maybe like you would just forget the titans bigles game happened <laughs> and, we and we wouldn't have to talk about it i've been ducking you but i guess i can't get out of it yeah i wondered why every time i was like hey do you want to record this week and you're just like i'm busy that day i hadn't even said the day yet you were just already <laughs> busy so super weird vibes uh, but oh, it all man. adds up i mean a little less sad than what i was the day before every day's a battle we just take it one day. We take it one day at a time. Jeez, yeah. I mean, I definitely know where you're coming from. Yours, yours definitely has to hurt in in a much different way, and we'll we'll get into that. Um, we actually, you know, we we have a lot of things to cover on this show. We've we're gonna catch up on a few playoff things, and uh, but yeah, I mean, we're gonna break down the Titans Bengals game to start off and get your thoughts on that, and you can kind of just give me your thoughts on the titan season as a whole and then of course the browns have a lot of updates with all the drama and speculation going on there and then always something going on yeah and we'll finish up and uh recap the playoffs talk about who's going to be in this year's super bowl so um but we just have to rip that band-aid off buddy so the first thing we're going to talk about is this titans Bengals game Bengals, who are now representing the AFC in the Super Bowl, took down the number one seeded Titans on the road, right down the road from me in Nashville. And I just, I mean, where where, where did this game go wrong? Like, from your perspective, <sighs> well, there's always there, multiple factors, but I want to know. There are multiple factors, and I mean, there's a, there's a short answer to it. There's a which you can just kind of break down into further detail, but um, you can give me the long answer, man. We got time. Yeah, we got all the time, and all the time <laughs> in the world. I mean, I, I, the thing that disappoints me the most was, I mean, to my core, and I mean, I really believed it. I really believed that this was our year. Like, I know that's like a joke that you know we all you know will always make, and I mean, I've sarcastically talk myself into thinking like Zach Mettenberger was a franchise quarterback, but like, I mean, I really didn't believe the Titans were going to at minimum make a Super Bowl appearance, which I mean, I predicted it when we, in our preview show back in late August. Yeah. Titans Packers Super Bowl. And it, and I think that that's what makes it hurt the most. Was because like, the most. And then you, you know, so the so close. Oh, buddy. And then the regular season we have, I mean, we lose Derrick Henry about halfway through, but we, you know, we still win, finish the you guys season. Beat eight, playoff. You guys beat good teams all year. Dude. Is, yeah. Eight and three versus teams with winning records. Yeah. That's beat, crazy. Impressive. Beat three out of the four teams, the Niners chiefs and um, Rams that played this past weekend. Finished the season using a record 91 players, like broke the record by a mile. 
And I mean, it's just so frustrating to like, it hurts because like they overcame so much adversity and we're still just churning out wins and just grinding out wins. Then they go down to Houston and get lock up the one seed. And then they're able to like, you know, Julio's finally healthy and he's starting to get hot at the end of the year. Derrick Henry comes back. And I mean, you just like, oh my God, we're about to steamroll our way through the AFC. And then to have, and what did I, and what did I say last episode? I was terrified of a 2008 repeat, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, you spoke it into existence. Dude, a young, hot (laughs) team from the AFC North rolls into Nashville and just ekes out a a win that was a result from the Titans just taking a sawed-off shotgun and shooting themselves in the dick. Very vivid vivid imagery right there. (laughs) Yeah. um, I mean, that's almost as painful as the hurt of that loss gave me yeah it would definitely it, it would rival it for sure <laughs> yeah that, i know every, everything you just said i mean i completely agree with in the sense of like you know we all talk shit to each other and you know about sports and everything but like as the year went on i was like okay like the titans titans are really making a case to being like you know a, a super bowl contender at this point and then you know you're the one seed win the division obviously and then Everything was lining up. It, it it was like when you watch NFL films, there were so many like narratives and stories that would have fit perfectly of like a Titans Super Bowl winning, like everything you laid out, like Derrick Henry going down, the 91 players used, well, you know, just overcame so much. And then, yeah, to fall flat like that. And then like Tannehill, I mean, what did he do? He, he threw four interceptions that game. Three, three interceptions. Was it three? Yeah. Sorry, I was confused with Baker, you know, just throwing four haphazardly all the time. Um, yeah, that's it's definitely – that's a whole different level of pain. That's what I try to explain to people all the time. Like, sports have different levels of pain. Like, an 0-16 season hurts, but when you know you're going to be bad, it's like you can just have fun with it in a way. But when a pain like you just experience is a whole different pain. And, I mean, now you, you have questions. Now this window of Super Bowl contender gets smaller each year, no matter what, unless you're particularly for this Titans team. Yeah, like y'all have like a three-year window, and you're and you're getting close to the end of that. You know, like not the full-on end, but I mean, we're I think we're definitely on the back half of that window. Yeah, exactly. So I, I mean, cap situation's not looking too friendly. So, I mean, this was just kind of a year where you really needed to capitalize on it, and they just yeah. didn't. But, I mean, in terms of your original question, like what went wrong? Was it I mean, the execution? Easy, the, 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 easy, the easy answer. I mean, it, it's that. I mean, it, I think it just boils down to Tannehill having a bad game and then Todd Downing being a uh, very, very, you know, letter grade C offensive coordinator, just like, you know, I mean, you made the joke, you know, Tana mid to me before. I mean, they, they, him and Downing were both just very mid, which, were, yeah. which resulted in a mid offensive performance. Yeah. And yeah, you're just not going to get it done in the playoffs with, with that. Even with Derrick Henry coming back, you know, like he, he didn't, I, I didn't get to watch most of the game. I was doing the Preds game, but like he, it didn't look like he had, uh, you know like a game changing type play in that game or or like a you know a game where he just took over i mean it was his first game back in a while like 
obviously wanted him to come out and break an 80 yard touchdown run, but it just didn't, it didn't seem like that happened. And then you have the kind of game that Tannehill had. And yeah, it's like, I mean, Joe, Joe Burrow gets sacked nine times and they still win. If you would have told me, yeah, sacked him nine times and still found a way to lose the game. That, yeah, if you would have told me that, that, Burrow gets sacked nine times. Who wins the Titans or the Bengals? I would have been like, oh, the Titans. Like, you know, so that that's tough. And I mean, like, we'll talk more about the Bengals in a bit, but like sometimes teams they they can get lucky, they can get hot at the right time. And I'm not trying to take, I mean, the Bengals are in the Super Bowl, so I'm not gonna sit here and try to take away too much from them. But yeah, it has been, you know, um sometimes things just align for certain teams. And unfortunately for the Titans, it was they they were the first in the or the, the second second in the in the line for the Bengals to make their Super Bowl push. So just ran into that lucky bus all theirs. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean just to start off with Tannehill, like I said, three three interceptions, um one on the very first play of the game. Yeah, I heard um, about they, that. They yeah. they they run a play action to Derrick Henry and then Julio does like a little hitch curl route and Tannehill and I mean you know you go back and you watch that play it's just Tannehill stares him down so I mean as soon as you know they complete the play action portion of that play I mean Tannehill's just I mean eyes are locked on Julio safety reads it and just jumps in front of it yeah yeah you gotta at Um, least look that safety off and then you got the second one I mean, I, I really don't blame Tannehill for this. This is where I would probably blame Todd Downing on just, like, really bad play calling. So, like, early in the first quarter, um, Bengals, you know, Bing, Bengals kind of run a blitz. And the Titans have this play to where it's it's like an RPO type of thing to where, like, they'll fake a hand, you know, they'll fake a handoff from the running back out of shotgun. And then they will try and throw, like, a swing pass swing pass on the outside like a bubble screen type thing yeah and so they did that play in the first quarter with Chester Rogers Tannehill completes it you know it goes for like three yards it's it's nothing but NFL films actually caught my you know Mike Hilton the guy who got that second interception for the Bengals you know he remembers that and he's like and you know right before that play he's like they're you know they're gonna throw it and I'm gonna get it next time and long and behold, next time they run that play, I mean, he reads it per- – like, he doesn't even go to the running back. He jumps right into the passing lane. And, I mean, you know, nine times out of ten, that just results in a batted-down pass. But, like, he hits it, but, like, the ball just goes vertical. Yeah. And falls right to him. And, That's I mean, that, a- and, and, and that was after Dante Foreman breaks off, like, a 45-yard run. We're inside the 15-yard line, you know, and then it just kills, kills momentum. So second one, I mean that you know bad play call by Todd, Todd Downing, but I mean that's just a you know you give all the credit to Mike Hilton on that play. Yeah. And then third one, that was the one that ended the last you know last drive of the tight of the game. He just you know tries to throw it to Nick Westbrook Akina. I mean it really wasn't necessarily a bad throw, but it was just you know bad luck. It um I mean Westbrook was in front of his defender, but the guy got his hand around, was able to tip the ball, and then of course just shittiest luck in the world. It just bounces fifteen feet up in the air. And there are like five Bengals players around. So yeah, it falls it falls into them and then they go on and kick the game with a field goal. And see, some of that just comes back to like it's just 
the football gods, you know, it's the Bengals yeah. year. Like those, those balls bounce there, you know, like that's just, uh, you hate to see it. <laughs> it's just, just good it fortune. They, I mean, they've, they've got between that and the chiefs game, they've got four interceptions all off, just like batted passes up in the air. Yeah. Which is just, just wild. That never happens. It, it, it's insane. But I mean, yeah. out, outside of the turnovers, I mean, between all that, it was just a lot of stalled out drives. Um, early in the first quarter, they, you know, there's one play where they're at mid, you know, they're at midfield, you know, they're finally starting to get a little bit of offense going. They, um, Tannehill tries to check it down to our fullback Kareem blasting game. You know, he's, he's wide open. And then it's just, you know, classic mistake. Your youth football coach will always tell you, catch the pass first, then start running. Yeah. He turns, you know, he he turns his head, starts thinking about running before he actually catches the ball, drops it. Oof. Would have been a first down, but he didn't. And then the very next play after that, Tannehill's got A.J. Brown wide open on a slant, but throws it at his feet. Mm. Would have been a first down. And then, of course, that drive stalls out. Yeah. And then, next, you know, next, next drive, um, you know, Tannehill takes a, takes a bad sack because he doesn't have a check down on the play. And then you're in a third and long. And then he actually gets – and remember when I was telling you about the uh, Houston game, about how early on in the third quarter he missed Julio Jones like wide open on some long passes that would have been touchdowns, and I yeah. said you know you can't miss those in the playoffs. Almost had that same exact play to AJ Brown and he overthrew him. Yeah, Ooh. and I mean it's just all these things happen early on in the game, just like these little mistakes. Yeah, and, and they just, will add up and yeah, completely deflate a team. It just kills you, man. Yeah, that's tough. But, Outside of that, I mean, you know, you mentioned Derrick Henry. I, I felt like they leaned on him a little too much, especially with his first game back coming off an injury. And Deontay Foreman was running good that game. Yeah, he broke off a couple that, – that big run that you were talking about. So, I felt like they should should have just been a little bit more balanced. And then – So, what did Henry finish with, like 20, 20 carries or something? I think it was 20 carries for 68 yards. Yeah. Let me get it pulled back up. I had it. but I mean, that is a fairly high amount of carries for – hadn't played in months yeah 20 carries for 62 yards foreman had four carries for 66 yards yeah yeah that's so play playoff stuff aside because i mean obviously that was a that was a tough way to go i i didn't have i had the titans winning that game as well um so now you know there's no panic button to hit there's no you know like at least from my perspective with the Titans. But I do think it's fair to, to you know, like you, you're going to ask some questions, right, at this point. I mean, you, you've seen a large sample size of Ryan Tannehill. Do you think your ceiling with him at this point is you can be a playoff team, but he's not going to take you to a Super Bowl? Do you think that – how do you feel about him as the starter moving forward? I know it's just like one, I guess, down year, whatever you want to say, but it's like – you know, running it back with him? Like, does that make you super excited? Like, how how do you – let's just start there because he did – you know, it's not all his fault, but he's the quarterback and he had a pretty bad game and y'all lost. So, a lot of it's – He was Tana mid for sure. He was Tana – he put on that Dolphins jersey and went out out to work, man. (laughs) He he really did, yeah. Yeah. So, like, well, yeah, what are your thoughts on on that? I mean, you guys are pretty tied up with him contract-wise. Am I wrong? No, no, come? you're no, you're not wrong. So, I mean, the, the most important part about this discussion, I think what a lot of Titans fans lose sight of is 
you know, criticize Tannehill all you want, but it, you know, no, no amount of complaining is really going to change the fact that like he's going to be our quarterback next year. So just go ahead, take your little, oh, well, like let's trade for Russell Wilson. Let's get, let's somehow get Aaron Rodgers to come down to Nashville. Just take that, throw it in the garbage. Tannehill is going to be the guy next year, whether you like it or not. And I mean, I'm not saying you have to be excited about that. I'm not saying that's just going to, you know, that's great. But I mean, that's just a, it's just a fact. And you got to get over it. And how I feel about him going forward, I mean, it's the same as I felt, felt last year. I mean, it, Tannehill's not like a great, you know, he's not like a great quarterback. He's not going to necessarily make the guys around him better, like, the great ones do like Mahomes, Brady, Peyton Manning, Josh Allen, like all those guys. He's not, you know, he's not going to elevate the team, but like what you need from him is to not shoot himself in the foot. And that's where things went wrong. And that's where things went wrong this season for the Titans as a team was on offense, you know, whether it was him or somebody else just making mistakes. Cause the games they lost in the regular season, it was because they just got absolutely hornswoggled in the turnover battle. What what a phrase. <laughs> so, I mean, that that's all you can hope from him. And, I mean, like, I, I get it. You know, his last game was a terrible playoff game where he threw an interception on the first and last play of the game. But at the same time, I mean, we were 12-5 and five this year, and he was able to do it throwing to a bunch of practice squad wide receivers for, like, a good portion of the season. So, so, I mean, I get it, frustrated, we're upset, but, I mean, the Titans are going to be fine with Tannehill next year. I mean, the Titans are a team, they have a high floor but a low ceiling. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Like, you know, they're – we'll win the division next year, we'll make the playoffs again, and then you just got to hope Tannehill just doesn't fall apart. Yeah. Like, he doesn't need to be spectacular. He just doesn't need to – He just needs to do his job. He needs to take care of the ball and – Pretty feed Derrick Henry and then work some play action and and yeah I mean it's similar to what what the Browns are trying to do as well it's actually a, a pretty similar conversation of like you know it's the same thing people are going to debate Baker all offseason but he's most likely going to be the starter next year you know just like with Tannehill it's like there's no crazy trades that are going to change all that uh, although it's it, it's more likely to happen for the Browns than it is for the tight I mean I, I don't think you guys need to you know, get a new quarterback in there just just because of this. It's just you do have to start thinking about big picture. You know, like oh more yeah, no, ab- absolutely, of, yeah. And if so, like, and if the scouting department you know falls in love with someone in this draft, you know, by all means, go for it. Like if yeah. if they get their hands on like you know, for example, only because I've seen them in some mock drafts going to the Titans, the Bailey, or like like a Malik Willis, oh the yeah, kid, the kid yeah. out of Liberty. Like let's say. J. Rob and and the scouts they're like oh you know they think hey this guy's great he's going to be great then go get him go draft him he can you know he can Patrick Mahomes it sit for a year yeah. behind ten, behind develop Tannehill. a little bit yeah do the old school like, way that never happens anymore it seems <laughs> exactly that like that's fine but there's not going to be like a quarterback that we're going to be able to start week one 2022 that's going to be better than what Ryan can do yeah and and a lot of the free agent slash trades are just not an upgrade over him. I've had these same debates like Jimmy G and Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan and all exactly. these things. Exactly. And I, and I mean, I'm a Jimmy G stand. Yeah. I'm a Jimmy G defender. But I mean, like, why, why would you swap out Ryan Tannehill? Like, that's such a lateral move. Yeah, that's uh, you would not 
get what you want with that. And I like Jimmy G as well. I think what we saw in the playoff game from Jimmy G yesterday is kind of, um, you know, what he is like, you know, he, he can, he's not going to like always be able to make the plays. Like some of the guys who like, you know, have ice in their veins that can just, yeah, he can fall apart really quickly, but yeah, I do also, I do like Jimmy G though. You know, and it's also easy to forget. And I mean, I'll give credit and I'll give credit to you because you called this at the beginning of the season. Titans had a terrible offensive line this year. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill was the second most sacked quarterback in all of football. And I mean, you know, they held up kind of decently against the Bengals, but there weren't a lot of gaps for Derrick Henry to run through. And Tannehill was under a good, good amount of pressure too. I mean, there's just so many things that, I mean, you look at it on the surface and you want to shit on Tannehill, but I mean, it, a lot of it is some people around him's fault, you know? Yeah. And it. Oh, I get it, buddy. <laughs> to an extent, it's, I it's do. Just, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not out here trying to be like a Ryan Tannehill stand or anything, but it's just like there's nothing re- realistically you can do. And I see so many Titans fans on Twitter talking about, oh, well, like, you know, let's do what the Rams did with Jared. Like, you know, let's do Tannehill and all these picks and we'll go get Russell Wilson. And I'm like, that's just not like a realistic option. Yeah. Like there's a, there's, there's, a, there's a reason that's only happened probably like one time in our lifetimes. I mean, if we're going to use that logic, like let's just trade all of our draft picks for the next four years and we'll go ahead and get Patrick Mahomes, Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. If a lot it's of that stuff's easy. just pipe dreams. You know, people, you can do so many like jersey edits these days so easily and you'll see a jersey edit of an Aaron Rodgers and a Titan uniform and then it, people just start acting crazy. Yeah. But I mean, I'm I'm fine with the Titans going forward. I mean, John Robinson has earned the benefit of the doubt to where I just assume we're going to have a, good offseason next year um we'll get caleb farley back hopefully dylan radons will actually be ready to play some offensive line we'll work the cap a little bit have a decent draft and you know we'll be sitting exactly where we were last year you know like i i said last offseason you know the titans this is like a 10 to 12 win team and that's probably how i'm gonna feel about it next season yeah and i mean you guys also luckily are in a pretty his poor division which is nice at least it, right you know, now it, it helps that four of our 17 games are against the houston texans jacksonville jaguars yeah yeah definitely cannot hurt there um and it also helps that the uh like we're stuck with ryan Tannehill, the colts are stuck with carson wentz yeah you want to talk about a team that just fell apart man jeez oh, that man. last game of the season i'll just that's hilarious the way they lost to the Jags, but anyway, yeah, I'm fine. I'm, you know, it it hurt. It's it, it really <laughs> did fine. hurt because I thought it was God. I I thought this was the year, and that, yeah, that you that's had a what, lot of reason to think that it was definitely. I mean, it it felt that way. I started feeling that too. But we'll, you uh, we'll we'll pick apart the pieces and put them back together on another episode. We'll save yeah. we'll save the you know, what we're going to do with upcoming free agents and who I would like to see come to this team for another episode. Well, oh, I can't wait for those episodes. We're, we're, we're going to free we're, agent breakdowns. We're going to put that content in a box and we'll open it up later. It's like, it's like a Christmas gift. Exactly. Uh, Except it's it. in February and March and April. <laughs> oh man. But anyway, I'm just going to have to kick back, heal up. And speaking of healing up, Baker Mayfield has had some off season surgery on his uh, non-throwing shoulder and in just what I I think is 
I just think it's cringe when people do this, but he went full 16 year old girl. I'm get I'm getting off social media. Yeah. Which I yeah. get it. Like social, you know, people are absolutely crazy. I mean, I saw someone tweet at Ryan Tannehill's wife about his bad game. And I'm like, Oh people yeah. Are absolute psychopaths. Yeah. You give people any kind of like outlet online like that, where they can't be touched. And yeah, people have but said some, crazy things to baker and, and his wife and just in general i mean i don't blame him at all like i think it's good for him to get off social did he need to announce it absolutely not no just, that just, was yeah. i read that and just rolled my eyes you know and like he 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 has been the king since since he's came into the league in 2018 he's been the king of saying you gotta block that outside noise out i don't pay any attention to it but he a hundred percent does pay attention to it. He likes petty tweets. He quotes people. He, I, I, I would not be surprised if his screen time on Twitter is as high as mine is. Cause like Dustin Fox, do you know who Dustin Fox is? He's, he's like a reporter. I, I did. And I saw, I saw those yeah. little dust ups yeah. he had with him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like they haven't had a good relationship, you know, since he's been in the league and, and I'm pretty sure Baker had Fox blocked and he apparently unblocked him to like, like one of his tweets about how Baker will never be the guy in Cleveland or something. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, what's your priorities? You know, and this is coming from as you well-documented a guy who really likes Baker Mayfield me, but I mean, feelings can change over time. And it's just like a lot of this stuff now is just, it's just an eye roll, you know, like get your priorities. Very, very childish. Like just, yeah, I mean, you, ha you like, have to be a little self-aware of people's perception of you and then the actions you take going forward and how that's going to. Yeah. Affect yeah. It's things. just, it's a, it's a bad look. And, you know, um, as you can imagine through these playoffs and through our rival the Cincinnati Bengals going on this run and Joe Burrow just playing like a number one overall pick, swagged out, cool guy, Joey Burr, blah, blah, blah. You know, like he is what Browns fans want Baker Mayfield to be. And the Bengals had the season that we thought we were going to have. It has been a very painful few weeks. You have no, I mean, you want to talk about pain. This is like you're lit, you're watching someone else live out your dream. You know, you really are. More we were like supposed to be Baker that midfield. Yeah. That one has a better ring to it than Tana mid, but Tana mid, Tana yeah. mid and Baker midfield. <laughs> we both just, yeah, just some mid ass quarterback. No, it's yeah, it's, it's been rough. And, you know, Joe, to me, like Joe Burrow is a pretty likable guy. So it's hard for me just to be like, Oh, screw him. You know, like it's, he really, he really is. He's, I mean, he's I, cool I, I want to, I want to hate this Bengals team, but you can't, it's so hard They're, I mean, they're, you want to talk about underdogs and not one person had them as a Super Bowl pick this year. Most people like us had them finishing last in the division. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I will say their offensive, one of their offensive linemen, Quentin Spain, who is a former Titan after, after the Titans game, he started tweeting at Jeffrey Simmons and just like calling him a bitch and all this and talking all this shit. And I'm like, bro, you gave up nine sacks. <laughs> yeah, the offensive line. Why are so you bad. talking? Like you, the last person on that team that need, needed to be yeah. talking. Yeah. So um, there's an there there's an interesting uh, thought process with you know some of the some of the big differences between a Baker Mayfield and a and a Joe Burrow, which 
I mean, as of right now, you'd be like, oh, there's obvious differences. Like Burrow's the better quarterback, you know. But then, like, Baker had such a good back half of last year, so one would think that he was going to be on a similar level. Probably not as good in terms of putting up numbers and whatnot. But you remember a few episodes I said the thing about Baker Mayfield is that if everything around him is perfect, then you can you can you can win games with him. But everything around him has to be perfect. Injury wise, it can't be a chaotic environment. He can't have two offensive linemen out. He can't have this and that. You know, like things have to be close to perfect around him for him to succeed, is what I've determined after watching him for four years. It's a fair assessment. Joe Burrow, on the other hand, is the most sacked quarterback in all of football and got sacked nine times against the Titans and got back up and, and drove that team. You know, they won that game. They were in the Super Bowl. He's taken a beating this year, and no one even talks about it because he and the team as a whole have found a way to overcome it. Whatever adversity that has come there, like he has elevated people around them, around him. Jamar Chase, like their chemistry is undeniable. It's just like Burrow is the guy that, that Browns fans want Baker to be. And Baker's window of being that guy is just getting like smaller and smaller. I mean, we're going into year five. And every time I get on Twitter, I just see a debate. You know, we, we talked about some of these quarterbacks regarding Tannehill. I mean, they're, they're the same quarterbacks that apply to the Browns right now. And you look at a guy like Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo, like these guys, even though like they are better than the version of Baker that we have seen this this past year, and probably I think Jimmy as, G would be an upgrade. I, I I think Kirk Cousins I'm would not be a, a downgrade. I am not a Kirk. Yeah, I'm not a Kirk Cousins guy. But I mean, you would you would think there were so many Browns fans I've seen on Twitter a year ago that were talking so much shit about Kirk Cousins and how he's so mid and he just puts up numbers and he's not good. And those same fans are now saying like, if we had Kirk cousins, we'd be a really good team. This roster is so good. And I'm just like, we've seen what Kirk cousins can be. I did. Yeah. Jimmy G on the other hand, it's like, we've seen, he does have limitations as well, but he, he runs a similar system in San Francisco and he's a freaking winner. I think his record he, is like 34 and 13 is. as a starter. He's got a very good winning percentage. So it's, Jimmy, if I if you put a gun in my head, Jimmy G would be the only one that I would like really come around on on if there was some kind of way to get rid of Baker and and sign Jimmy G. Have him for yeah, a couple it's, years. it's just the problem is like you can't do any sort of like Baker for Jimmy G swap because like you know the Niners are just they're turning the reins over to Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, so they they're just, not they're not interested in Baker. Yeah, exactly. So you would have to trade Baker to. A, quarterback needy team and i said it before if you could get a second round pick for sam darnold you can get some some kind of capital for baker he's obviously more accomplished than darnold so yeah it's 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 straight up every day it's just like a baker mayfield debate war on twitter i see it on talk shows as well and i mean We've talked about this, and like, I, I if if you told me a year ago after they beat the Steelers in the playoffs that I we'd be having this conversation, I'd be like, no, no way, absolutely not. It's crazy how fast things can change. And a lot of people think the Browns and Baker are heading for a divorce anyway, because like Baker's been acting like very 
very odd. Like after his surgery, like he posted a video of him in a sling saying the surgery was successful and he wasn't wearing any Browns gear. He didn't mention the Browns or the fans. He just said time to heal up and get ready for this next chapter or something. It was really like people dissected the hell out of it, as you, as you can imagine. And maybe it's not a big deal, but it's like, you know, he usually would have said something about the Browns and past stuff he's done. So it's like, it's people are, it's, it's overanalyzing season buddy. So. Yeah. I mean, they probably are headed for a divorce after this year, but I mean, yeah, unless he comes out and balls not out. A, I mean, it's not a guarantee that's going to, I mean, it's probably the most likely outcome, but we'll see. Well, I, I sent you, I sent you an article I don't know if you read it. It was like the the orange and brown report, like film breakdown of Baker. I mean, it was long. I spent like 30 minutes on it. It was a very good, like detailed breakdown of his like strength and strengths and weaknesses and whatnot. You probably didn't take a look at it because it was so, it was very long. It's not like the Browns are your team. So, and I, and I've mentioned this to you as well. Like Baker's scouting report coming out of college was, you know, he was, Field vision was questionable. He had happy feet in the pocket, you know, struggled in a, in a collapsing pocket. Like, he, he had a bunch of issues that are still there today. And I'm just like, if it's been four years going on five and he hasn't figured this stuff out, I, I just don't know if he will. This may just be who he is. You know, he may be able to be a quarterback that can win you some games, but not one that can win you a Super Bowl. So it's it's a it's a very tough thing to to come to a realization of, but it's like the proof is out there. There's like there's a whole film breakdown in that report about from 2018 to to this year and even in 2020, whenever he played well, just all kinds of like little things of his footwork and this and that. And when he does his body this way, this happens and he should be able to correct it, but he doesn't. He refuses. I found this out this year. He refuses to get a, a quarterback's you know, uh, guru to help him in the offseason like a lot of other quarterbacks have done in the past. Like, he's like, no, I'm good. It's like, I, I don't know. Like, you could probably you could probably benefit from, you know, an all-time great, like a Drew Brees or something, like doing a quarterback school with him or something. Like, he seems – Do what? I said it certainly wouldn't hurt. Yeah. So, he seems, like, too prideful. Like, I don't know. I still stand by what I said. If, if he ends up being the starter, like I, I hope it works out obviously. And I, I want him to bounce back. And I've, I've, I've liked him while he's been in Cleveland, but it's, it, you know, the, the clock is ticking at this point. This isn't year two. This is year five. You have a championship level roster, great defense who played amazing for the, like most of last year. I think they were in the top five defenses you have Nick Chubb you have Miles Gary you have Denzel Ward like you have all these pieces really good offensive line it is you cannot waste years of this you know like you just can't so we'll see we'll see what happens the factory of sadness is open but no I mean the Browns and Titans are in I mean I wouldn't say similar situations but i mean like the strategy in the offseason needs to be the same it's it's fairly similar yeah you, you don't have to go out of your way to try and find a quarterback replacement this year but you know like i said if there's a guy that you scout out and that you're in love with and you think can be the guy then go get him 
But if not, just focus on building up the roster another year, and that way you've got the best possible situation in place for whoever that next guy is. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that's the best way to go about it. I mean, if you look at this league, you know, like you have to have a, a, a high-flying passing offense to be able to win. I mean, look at all the teams that we've watched lately. I was watching all those games, and I was like, this Browns team with Baker under center could not do what Josh Allen, for example, and Patrick Mahomes were doing or Burrow. You know, it's just there's a glaring difference, and that is the next decade plus that we are going to have to deal with, you know, as the Titans and the Browns and every other team. It's like you're going to have to get a guy who can really, like, change a game. So we'll know if Baker's that guy. We'll know if how, how much more Tannehill's got left in him. Um, yeah, I mean he'll be uh, he'll be thirty four starting next season. So, Tanny, Tanny, yeah, yeah, he's getting up there. He's probably got you know another next season, the year after that. I would say probably another what couple years until you probably start having that conversation. Depending on how next year goes, I mean if he, we'll see. Yeah, there's a lot. It, there's no telling because you've seen a lot of good from him as well. So it's yeah. I mean the. You know, he's got a good winning percentage with the Titans. I mean, we're winning yeah. games, but yeah. I mean, you know, can't just can't fall apart in the ones that matter the most. Yeah. Speaking of uh, these playoff games, man, let's let's recap the playoffs real quick because Dude, I don't know. One about seeds you. just took big fat L's. They took fat L's. Dude, and, the and Packers it, losing that night made me feel so much better. <laughs> yeah. That, what is he like, 0 6 against the Niners? 0-4 in the playoffs. Is it, yeah, like that's yeah. just I mean, the team that passed on him, they they'll be they'll regret passing on me and he can't beat him. Like that's just that's wild. Jimmy I mean G's not, gotten him twice. Yeah. And I mean the playoffs as a whole this year were some of the most memorable games that I have seen. I mean, you last second field goal kicks and back. I mean, the Chiefs Bills game was one of the best games I've ever seen insanity i was on the edge of, i mean like unreal and it, even the, even the games we saw the the championship games i mean the Bengals coming back on the chiefs rams and 49ers i mean that was a that was a pretty good game that was probably like one of the worst ones of the whole postseason and it was still really good <laughs> so it's yeah what's uh what's been your favorite favorite game fa like favorite matchup Besides the Titans Bengals one, obviously. I mean, whole... it has it has it has to be that Chiefs Bills matchup. That was easily the best game. And I yeah. mean, you know, I'm no there's some degenerate out there that did it, but just all the shout outs in the world to the guy who had the Gabriel Davis Gabriel Davis four touchdown prop bet. Yeah, he's I mean who's pro he, who probably bought an island in the Pacific yeah, Ocean. I was about to say wings. he's probably living on an island right now. Do you see the guy who bet? the the scores i think yeah. you're the one who sent it yeah that the exact scores of the yeah, afc like and nfc championship 20 turned 20 dollars into about you know between five to six hundred thousand which is just insane yeah oh man but yeah so yeah. i mean i mean it's just insane i mean 13 seconds is too much time for i can't i like my Patrick. mind cannot wrap around that and travis kelsey just like you know, like he orchestrated a lot of that. Like he's just him and Mahomes and that trust that they have is just 
unreal. Like, yeah, I can. I mean, you have to feel for Josh Allen a decent amount, though. I mean, he thought he had that game won like twice. I mean, he really 13. did. I mean, just had two phenomenal playoff games, and I mean, he couldn't even make it to the conference championship. Just so, what are your what that. are your thoughts on the on the overtime rules? It's been a heavy debate since that game. Do you think they need to be changed? I mean, think- I, I mean, I is it perfect? No, but I'm not on board. I, I'm not like all in on like let's just change the overtime rules. Yeah, I I go back and forth. I guess my biggest gripe, like a lot of people's, is that I feel like after a game like that, the Bills and the Chiefs, like I just think that both teams deserve to to touch the ball at least once. So I mean, the the argument against that is like, oh well, the defense needs to make a stop then, and that you know, like that is a thing. But it's just it sucks that that Allen yeah. didn't get a chance to to also go score. Yeah, and so. I mean, I guess if you were to change it, I mean, maybe just each team starts on the opposite 25 yard line yeah absolutely go 75 yards and then after that if it's still tied sudden death yeah yeah you gotta that the thing is like i think what frustrates a lot of people is there are a lot of different things they could do and this the way they have it now is just kind of like one of the most like least popular ones especially as time goes on with stuff like this and the chiefs dealt with this in 2019 where they were trying to get the rule changed you know um so yeah, I, I do think that they should take a look at it, and maybe after this year, they will. But, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of surprises. I mean, yeah, the, you mentioned the the Packers going down. I mean, that's probably the end of Aaron Rodgers and in, in Green Bay. You, I mean, most likely. You, you you would think so, but we'll see. Um, I did read that he was meeting with the Packers brass to discuss options. So who knows? They yeah. may they may convince him to come back. Yeah, I mean, I feel like their relationship kind of got like a little repaired as the year went on. I mean, they traded for Randall Cobb and like he seemed a little bit more involved and seemed happier from what we could see. And I mean, they obviously had a good season. Yeah, but I mean, we'll see. I think the Broncos are the yeah. betting favorite for him to go to. That makes so much sense. I mean, that that team is ready to be a playoff contender and you put him there and he's it's just like when Peyton went there you know like it's already a good roster so yeah so that one would make the most sense and any Browns fans listen to this he is not coming to Cleveland so let's just stop those photoshops he is not coming to the Browns buddy you made one of those photoshops I didn't make that one I found that one on Twitter I'm I do not I'm not gonna spend my time making one of those it's never gonna happen so Russell Wilson's more likely than Aaron Rodgers and even that one's still a stretch for me yeah. So, but now, man, it, it you know it it sucks that the Titans didn't make it, but I'm glad Stafford is in the Super Bowl. I mean, we we both said that at the beginning of the season. We wanted, we would have loved to see Stafford uh, get one. I'm so yeah. I'm. This may be the most like genuinely happy I am for a player that's not on my team. Seriously, like he. We all saw what he went through and with the Lions for 12 years, and yeah, yeah. immediately put on a better team and takes them to the super bowl yeah That's, oh, wait, I mean, are we talking about obj oh you like i'm bitch. genuinely happy for him like you immediately put him <laughs> on a better team and goes to a super bowl uh i, I will say it was it like obj definitely contributed heavily to the nfc championship game like he had a hell of a game um 
I still stand by what I've said since the Rams have got him. His stat numbers have been fairly similar to what they what they were on the Browns, except, you know, he just gets more his number called in the red zone more. But also like having Cooper Cup and that kind of offense is just going to benefit a guy like him. I I, I will say uh, up until this point, I was happy for him, but it kind of a lot of that went away recently with the sports illustrated article coming out about him telling bond miller like don't come to cleveland and just kind of you know he said that in the off season and i'm like you're you're telling a guy not to come to cleveland after we just went 11 and 5 and went to the playoffs and won a playoff game like that's just that's just weird to me like that's that's kind of shitty you know that that pissed a lot of people off that i know they're big obj stands they were like yeah that's pretty shitty i mean it is like i'm sorry you're telling a guy no you're right so but i mean ultimately it worked out for them and that's fine but it's that just makes me think like oh he uh, you know he probably never ever wanted to be there from the get-go probably not but i mean he did he also he didn't choose to go there no no but still like he's playing with his best friend jarvis and like we were an exciting team you know we were supposed to be an exciting team in 2019 and then you know, like it's it'd be different if we came off like back to back disappointing six and ten seasons and whatnot. But you know, we had a good year. He just wasn't a part of it on the back half, and just a requested trade after the fact after a year like that tells me everything I need to know about him as a player. He's always meant to be somewhere like L.A. It makes so much sense for his brand and his just overall demeanor. So like, that's you know, like good for him for being a player. He's been in the league for a while to finally, you know, make it to the Super Bowl, like him and Stafford both. I'm ha- way happier for Stafford. But, yeah, kind of a little bit less I'm happy for him vibes from me with OBJ. Kind of, you know, it just how, – how, OBJ how can I just... versus the AFC North division rival. Yeah, it's one of the worst outcomes for Browns fans. Our mental health is, like, at an all-time low, <laughs> seeing these posters of OBJ and Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl, and I'm like – why does God hate Cleveland so much? I don't know. Yeah. It's been Tough rough. Times. And it's just going to be, keep should coming. be, should be a good one though, which I mean, we'll, we'll dive in on the Super Bowl in a future episode. Yeah. Yeah. Next episode, we'll do a um, Super Bowl breakdown with our prediction for the game, do a score prediction, um, do all the predictions. We can do a score prediction. We can do who's the MVP. I'll yeah. try and come up with I'll come up with some good prop bets between yeah. now and then. Yeah, I, I know but you will. You're you're Rams minus three and a half. <laughs> hey, also a really cool side note with the Super Bowl. It's just like up until this point, we never had a team play in their home stadium in the Super Bowl, and then the Bucks did it last year, and now the Rams are doing it this year. I was like, it's just, just good. This is just becoming a thing now. Speak speaking of SoFi, that NFC Championship game that was like seventy five percent. 49er fans hell yeah it was that was it was rough which i mean it wasn't that bad when i went there for the titans game but there were way there were a lot of titans fans there i would probably i would venture to say probably 40 percent titans fans were in the stands it's wild how the chargers and the rams alike just you know la is just not a football city it's weird that they have the nicest stadium i've ever seen in these teams and like no one really gives a shit really don't (laughs) there's so many other fan bases that would and teams that would be much better in, in that retrospect. But um, yeah, I heard, I heard parking at the MC championship game at SoFi was like over $500 a car. 
to park like in the lots, you know, around it. And I was like, that's insanity. That's a ticket to the game. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, so, but yeah. Um, well, been another good episode, buddy. It was good catching up. And yeah, I guess. Will, um... <laughs> I guess it was okay. It, it'll get better as the days. Time heals everything, my friend. You'll be fine. You'll be doing mock drafts every day from here on out and talking yourself into guys. And yes, I already am doing mock drafts every day. Yeah. I mean, you were probably doing a mock draft at halftime of that Bengals Titans game. So <laughs> at least towards the end. Yeah. But now I um I think it's gonna be an exciting Super Bowl and just upcoming months man like i said the free agency draft part of the year is like one of my favorite parts of the year you just i wake up on draft day give ourselves hope again yeah so talk ourselves and everything but i'm gonna go ahead and sign off of here this is mike welsh you can find me on twitter at big underscore mike 9169 tighten up the dog pound is also on twitter at titan underscore dog 21 we post a lot of great content on there a lot of funny stuff a lot of factory of sadness videos, which now applies to both of us in a way. So I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. I'll leave the rest of my six, eight co-hosts. Dr. Thomas said signing off at brother underscore head on Twitter. It's been kind of a fun time. <laughs> you gonna give me a hefty tighten up. Tighten up. Oh, dog check.